Bless the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. We welcome everyone to Christ-centered church. We welcome all our online viewers. We give the Lord praise. We give the Lord honor. And we're here to give the Lord all the glory. We lift up his holy name. For his name is wonderful. His name is marvelous. And he is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. And he is the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. You are Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the beginning and the end. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray, I pray your name. I pray your name. Your name. You are Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray, I pray your name. Your name. I pray, I pray your name. Your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy. You are worthy. You are worthy of my praise. Of my praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy. You are worthy. You are worthy of my praise. Up the name of Jesus, for he is worthy to be praised. We honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We glorify you this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the beginning and the end. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray, I pray your name. Your name. I pray, I pray your name. Your name. You are Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the you're the beginning and the end. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray, I pray your name. Your name. I pray, I pray your name. Your Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy. You are worthy. You are worthy of my praise. Of my praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. You are worthy. You are worthy of my praise. Hallelujah. 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 H
Hallelujah. Come on, let's just continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And can we praise the Lord, everybody? Come on. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. We want to take this time out to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to welcome everyone that is in the house of God this morning to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Truly, we are indeed serving an awesome God. Amen. Our online congregation, we welcome you. We greet you all also in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're here to just praise and worship the Lord. Amen. It's truly deserve all the glory and all the honor this morning. I was so honored to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord. Truly, God is great. Amen. Indeed, it's a privilege to be here one more time to praise and to magnify the Lord. Truly, so honored to. Amen. Have our pastor and welcome our pastor back in the house of God. Amen. Amen. You know, um, you know, it, 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 it's something um, when, you know, when, when, when dad is not around. You know, every, you know. In fact, I was messing with the kids uh, this week, and I was saying, "Do you, do you miss dad?" And said, "Nope." I, I said, I, "I miss." I said, "I miss him." <laughs> Listen, you, you you may not understand the significance of having you know dad around, but you know when you, when you have you know uh, your parents around, it's always an honor. Amen. To magnify the Lord and to glorify the Lord that you know God has been so good to us. So we're so honored. Amen. Uh, to be in the house of God. And, you know, as I always said, um, this week we have so many things going on this week. Amen. We had a, a, a powerful global conference um, Friday evening. I was able to get there Friday. Saturday I was trying to push to get there, but my schedule just wouldn't cooperate with me on Saturday. So I just, everything I tried to do, I just could not budge to, to get to the, the, the ministerial training yesterday. And I, I was like, ah, you know, so it's tough. But, you know, all things work together for good. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. And everyone say it's offering time. Amen. 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 Praise God. That's another part of the time of the service where we receive our blessing. And as I said, for those of us that are here or even online, you know, we're getting closer to our goal of, um, well, not goal, but we're getting closer to achieve the building that we're pursuing for almost a year now. Uh, we're trying to raise 1.7 to 2.5 million. We just need $500,000 just to put down as a down payment. Amen. So if there's someone out there that have not yet made a commitment or want to be a part of the miracle, we're encouraging you. You know, if you have something extra that's stashed away, and you can say, you know, Pastor, I get it back later on once you get settled. You know, online, if you have it somewhere underneath your, your, your bed, your box spring or somewhere, you know, we'll come and get it. And later on, if you said, you know, we'll give it to you, give it back to you, you know, we want you to be a blessing. The Lord will bless you in return. Amen. We're going to invite you if you could stand with us. Amen. At this time as we uh, receive this morning's offering. Amen. Praise God. Father God, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. You're truly worthy to be praised. There is none like you. There is none to compare. Father God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you blessing, O oh God, upon every one that's about to give, O oh God. Blessing, continue to provide for them. Make ways when there seems to be no way. Open up doors financially, spiritually, O oh God, for them, Lord God. They too will be, O oh God, committed to your will and to your service. We ask all these things as we continue to worship in the mighty name of Jesus. And don't forget, if you're giving online, you can go to www. 
my ccc.page you can go to the cash app the dollar sign ccc 2711 paypal you could go at the at sign christ center church if you're here and you want to be a blessing electronically you can see sister patrice we have two ushers in the front make it convenient amen feel free bring your tithes and offering unto the lord amen amen
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you because of who you are, Lord. We worship you because of who you are, Lord. He's so good to us. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with my family, the family of God. Amen. As I always say, we're going to heaven together. We're going to spend eternity together. And um, we can be tighter than some blood relatives that we have because it's just we have a lot in common as Christians uh, because we're going to heaven. We are in Christ, and it's just a wonderful thing. I missed you all. was away for um, longer than I've ever been away since I've been a Christian. <laughs> and so um, I'm glad to be back. Uh, we had a great trip. It's a trip that we had planned since 2019. It didn't go off because of COVID in early 2020. Then we tried to plan it again in 2021. In December, that didn't go off. And so because we were using um, airline miles and um, and credits we have from um, our cruise line, they said if you didn't use it by a certain time, you would lose it. And so I didn't think it was good timing. I didn't think the time was just perfect, but... Nevertheless, we did what we had to do, and uh, we ended up enjoying it. Last week, this time, we were in Barcelona, Spain. Isn't that interesting? The world is just so interesting, you know? Uh, God is so good in just all what he has created that we were so far away last week, and here I am this week. It's just, my God. But I appreciate all of you. Thank God for all of you and um, our ministers and leaders of this church I honor you and I thank you for just being so diligent and serving and doing all that you do to keep the kingdom moving forward. Thank you for just being so honorable servant, all of you. You have done tremendous and I'm glad that God brought us together and what God is doing in all of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother D, Brother D was, Brother D don't show too much emotion, but Brother D showed me some emotion today. Like, man, I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. I missed you, man. So, in case y'all wonder, does Brother Dow show a lot of emotion? Well, he just showed me some. <laughs> That's my guy. That's my guy. I always talk about Brother D. Amen. I don't know where I was. Um, we were at a um, at the leadership uh, meeting um, yesterday. And he was saying some really good stuff, stuff that I think that we do pretty decent at applying in our church. And so I was glad to hear that. And he was talking about how, you know, sometimes our kids grow up and they leave the church. And one of the reasons why they leave the church is because we never really had a place for them in the church. And what that means is we're sometimes so programmed as as Christians that we don't want the, the, the young people to be in leadership. If they if God has gifted them and equip them to lead in certain areas, we have to let them lead. The age shouldn't be an issue. If they can do it and they can lead, we should train them and equip them and prepare them to lead in that capacity. We don't want any of our young people to leave the church because they say, well, it wasn't a place for me there. I want you to know today there's a place for everyone in Christ-centered church. It's just going to be on you. It will never be on us as a church why you didn't have a place in this church. It will be up to you. And so whether it's teaching Sunday school whether it's leading um, a ministry, whatever it is, whatever God has gifted you for, you just let me know what you believe God has put into your heart to do, 
and I will help you in every way that I can to make you successful at what God called you to the kingdom to do. But everyone will have a place in Christ-centered church. And so um, sometimes, you know, we as Christians get so, you know, in tune with, you know, what we've always been accustomed to. And um, I'm probably not going to be able to say this much longer, but, you know, I still look at Brother D as a fairly new Christian, even though it's, what, seven years now and counting, right? But every once in a while in our leadership meeting, I would say, Brother D, what you think? And I do, I do that purposely because I know that he might be one of the few that haven't been living for God as long as some of the others on the leadership meeting. And I always want to hear the perspective of those that are not churchified. Because <laughs> sometimes um, we're so churchified that, you know, we can't see outside of what we normally are accustomed to. And so what he talked about was, um, you know, he pastors a church in Indiana. And, of course, Indiana is one of those places where the tradition is rich when you're talking about, you know, being a Christian. And most of the, the people in Indiana that's in church, they're like fifth generation Pentecost, meaning they're five down the line and family's been living for God. And he says most of his leadership is first year Pentecost. Now, that's you don't understand how rare that was for him to say these people who are in leadership that are really moving things along are people that this is their first time being saved and being in the church. And they have a great voice in the church. And that's why his church is growing, because. Sometimes we can stop the church from growing as Christians when we just, this is all we know. This is why the church, it's important for the church to continue to reach the lost, to get people saved, because they have a different perspective, and God has equipped them to come into church and use the talents and the gifts that they have. So we look forward to all the things that God will do. We heard back from the township um, while I was on vacation, and they said that June 14th is our day that we will get before the township of Hamilton to uh, get approved for the building that we're attempting to purchase for it to um, receive, um, what is it now? The use variance? All right. So we're, we're applying for use variance, and once that's approved, then we have to purchase the building. We have a certain amount of time to purchase the building, and we still can use, as Brother Scarlett said, uh, 500000 So if you want to do something for God, if you think you want to be blessed, you give to the church, and you will see God will bless you. This, giving financially, in, in our world, stock market, savings account, you know, all the different things that we use in our world to prosper financially is what we do in the world, and that's fine. It's there. We use it because we're in the world. But in God's kingdom, he gave us the, 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 the giving to his work. That's his process of blessing his children financially is that we invest in his kingdom financially. And that's how we're blessed as children of God. So if you're going to be a child of God, the way how you're going to be blessed financially, Matthew, when you become a doctor, you have to give to the kingdom. Some people might hear me say that and think, oh, you just want to give to the church. But you try it and see what will happen. Brother Scarlett can testify. Brother Scarlett got a thriving business and, and, and he didn't always have a thriving business. And right now he always need he always need workers he always need employees because the business is is just booming like that. But he's been so faithful to God and always gave that. Guess what? He does well. And that's just one example. 
I'm an example and so many others are examples that when you give to the kingdom of God, that's God's way. That's God's method of blessing you financially. And that way, trust me, it's safe. So give if you can, because we want to move forward with the purchasing of our building. I don't believe God will bring us this far and not take us all the way through. So I know God will make a way. But if you can be used by God to be a blessing, please let him use you to be a blessing. So June 14th, we go before the board of Hamilton Township for them to approve all of what we've submitted. And if they approve it, I think after 30 days, we will have an official um, use variance um, document that we can say, hey, this building can be used for church. Then we'll move forward with the purchasing of the church. And before you know it, we will be in our building and you won't have to deal. Well, you know what? Nothing is perfect, but probably you won't have to worry about it not being cool enough you know <laughs> we, we, we 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 hope to make sure our air conditioning system and everything works we had that checked out and um brother long said the air conditioning unit was fine and stuff like that so we, we we're, we're moving forward so all of you can fit and we won't have two services anymore we'll just <laughs> I, I i i really feel listen listen hold, hold me to this praise and worship hold me to this hold me to this Hold me to this leadership team. Let me not just say praise and worship. We're going to have a nice big dinner and celebration. We're going out and we're going to do it up. We're going to have a nice big dinner when we get into that building because you all have sacrificed big time. I, trust me, I do not take it lightly for how much you've sacrificed doing two services every Sunday. It has not been easy. And I really, really appreciate you and your efforts. And so we'll go out and celebrate um, once we get in that building just to say, man, God, thank you for giving us this break. And um, we'll see what happens because, you know, God got a sense of humor. And, you know, I, I'm careful in what I say in public about the Lord, Brother D, because he can pat that building out in no time and put us back in the same situation. And there's nothing we can do about it. I'm just saying um, we have tenants in that building and we hope that they will remain there for the two years that they um, have signed their lease. They signed the lease and that lease is not up until I think September or July of 2024. And we want them to be there because they pay rent and that rent would go to the church and so we want them to be be there but i can just picture the lord just being funny doing what the lord do and before you know we packing that building out and that building if we have the entire building it will never be over we, we i don't well let me not say that either let's get let's get into the word of god let me just get in the, i want y'all to rest for a little bit but by that time by that time you know the good news by that time we will have two praise and worship teams so you all wouldn't have to do it so we'll be fine okay all right thanks let's stand we're going to get into the reading of the word i greet everyone in the wonderful name of jesus our online congregation i missed you all and i'm glad to be back and um i appreciate you just being so faithful sister wood just want you to know that i appreciate you you and your family are so faithful to christ-centered church and we look forward to seeing you one of these days face to face. Amen. Tell Ashley and Brother Wood we miss them. And we're so grateful you all have been faithful. And just everyone that has tuned in and everyone that's a part of this church, whether you join us um, via online or you're in person, we greet you in Jesus' name. And we're grateful that you're part of Christ in the church. John chapter 3, verse number 5. And then we'll go down to John chapter 18, verse number 36 in john chapter 3 verse number 5 the word of the lord says jesus answered verily verily i say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god in john chapter 18 verse 36 jesus answered 
my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Jesus says in order to enter his kingdom, you must be born of water and of spirit. He also said his kingdom is not of this world. So if you're looking for God's kingdom to, you know, make sense to you or to be familiar with the things of this world, then you're looking in the wrong place because he just made it clear his kingdom is not of this world. And in order to enter into his kingdom, you must be born again. And he's not talking about being born through the normal born again process to the normal born process. He's talking about being born again of water and spirit. We'll talk about that as we go along. But I want to talk to you today on this topic. Kingdom culture, kingdom culture. Father, we thank you for your word and for gathering us together one more time. Lord, will you anoint me one more time that as I minister to your people, it will be the spirit of the Lord and not me, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that your presence will consume us and that all that we need individually and collectively we will receive today. Father, let none walk out of this place, but truly help us, O oh God, to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. Let change come today. Let deliverance come today. Let salvation come today. Let the baptism of your Spirit be poured out, Lord God, that many can receive and be transformed, O oh God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you have your way that to, today somebody online that's viewing our service will hear and the power of God will move upon them and that they will experience, Lord God, the impact of your word and of your spirit, Lord God. Move on us in a special way like only you can. We're asking these things, Lord, for God, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom come and that we will not be the same when we walk out of this service today in Jesus' name name. Amen. Let's clap our hands onto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. Obviously, uh, wherever God allow you to go, where God takes you, he will inspire you in whatever way that he see fit or he will challenge you or speak to you or whatever. And so this message was birthed out of my travels over the past 10 days. No matter where you travel to throughout this world, people are basically the same. Maybe you don't know that because you haven't traveled as much, but I've done some traveling. And you know what's interesting? No matter where you go, sooner or later you will hear somebody say, did you go to so-and-so? Did you go to this place? Because it's kind of bad over there. <laughs> No matter where you go in this world, there's a bad spot because it's not the spot that's bad. It's people. <laughs> it's the people in the spot. So no matter where you go in the world, people are basically the same. You're going to have some people that are good, some not so good, and some in between. People are the same no matter where you go. Somebody say amen. Now, they might be the same, but here is what's going to be different. People's culture may be different, but for the most part, people are the same all over. Our world is really made up of culture groups and not race. Not race. 
we focus a lot on race and race will make you miss it. We're made up of culture groups more than anything else. It's not our race. Man made up race. The locations of where humans settled and live is really what determines their culture. So it's location that determine what we have established as culture. Location. But unfortunately, man came along and classified humans into different races which to me brought about a great separation. So when we start to say this race and that race, that's separation. But if we will deal with culture groups, that's not separation because we will realize they just practice this culture or that culture. But as people, we are the same. Classification will always separate. Here is why I can make the statements I'm making here, because some of you are still pondering what I'm saying. I'm going slow so you can keep pondering what I'm saying so you can process it. The Lord created us to be one people. There were no race in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) His people were his people. However, as we begin to grow as a people, we decided to reject the Lord. Therefore, we automatically start classifying ourselves as different kinds of people. But God's intention was always that we are one people under God. But we determined, since I don't want to live for that God that created me, since I don't want to serve that God that created me, let me just be me and do my thing. And so eventually that led to us saying, okay, well, you know what? Uh, We've got different races now. You're this race and you're that race and you're that race. And it only came about. Man's problem on the earth is all because man decided they don't want to obey God. And so when we don't want to obey God, we come up with our own system to operate within our way of living. Mm -hmm. We have established races, but we're just one group of people that have established different cultures among ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Culture is a powerful thing. We don't realize it. Let me say this. No matter how educated one may be, their culture will always stand out in their mannerisms and how they conduct themselves. We were in Italy for a while, and for the longest I've always known this, and so even back in the day, my Italian friends that, they, they claim they took me under their wing. They always say, Wayne, you can be Italian. I say, why? They say, because you have a lot of hand gestures. So years ago, they told me, you, you fit the Italian culture because you have a lot, because Italians talk a lot with their hands. And so I got to see it firsthand. I spent a lot of time in Italy. And so no matter where you're from, what culture group you belong to, no matter how educated you are, people will be able to tell just where you're from. Culture identifies us. 
It says where we're from, who our ancestors are, our likes and dislikes, our mannerisms, what we wear, how we dress, our disciplines, the food we eat, and what we believe in. People will know a whole lot about you due to your culture. I'll go, I'll go as far as say, people won't always know a lot about you because of your race. They won't always know because some races have done things to kind of not make you identify with them. But you can't outdo who you are culturally. It will always show up. Culture is important. I can camouflage race. I'm not going to get into it, but you think about some people, and we've had people in the news that they were one race, but they're being another race. So you can mess around with race. You can't do nothing about culture. Culture comes out of you. It's, it's who you are. It's a part of who you are. It's how you were raised. As a matter of fact, the, the scripture is bringing to my, to my thought and to my mind, um, Moses. Moses. Moses was raised in the Hebrew culture, even though at one point he was in Pharaoh's kingdom. But his culture made him do some things that he probably shouldn't have done. He killed a man because he couldn't help it. He recognized his culture was being taken advantage of. And so it, it, it's not so much race don't tie you together like culture tie you together. But I'll move from that. Y'all don't want to hear that. <laughs> Your culture emerges from whatever kingdom you belong to. I just switched on you. I just talked to you about culture and race and the difference there. And so now I'm moving to some a different point. Your culture emerges from whatever kingdom you belong to. What does that mean, preacher? According to scripture, there are three types of kingdoms that exist and we can only dwell in one. I'm going somewhere. To belong or to be in any of these kingdoms, you must follow and obey the ruler of the kingdom. Abide by the principles and demonstrate the culture if you're going to be a part of one of these kingdoms. All right. Let's look at the kingdoms. Let's look at the kingdoms. The first kingdom we're going to take a look at is the kingdoms of the world. This is man's kingdom. When you hear the kingdoms of the world, we're talking about kingdoms that man instituted. Watch this. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 8. Read along as I'm reading. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. You have clearly in scripture that there's kingdoms of the world. 
And when it talks about the glory of them, it's talking about the splendor, the magnificence, the excellence. As I mentioned earlier, in Rome, you can see some of the ruins, some of the, 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 the structures there. They're so vast and they're so magnificent. And you're wondering, how could man have made this? And so there are the kingdoms of the world. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. That was the devil talking to Jesus, God manifesting flesh. What's interesting about the kingdoms of the world, Satan claimed to have power over them to give them to whomever he chooses. I thought they were the kingdoms of the world. How does the devil have power to give those kingdoms to whom he, whoever he chooses? The kingdoms of the world is visible and tangible. You can see them. You, 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 you can touch them. And it's easy for us as people to fall into the kingdom of the world because guess what? We can touch it. We can see it. Remember, we've had this touching and seeing problem ever since the garden. And so it's easy for us to just be in the kingdom of the world and feel like this is where I belong when really that ain't where you really belong. But you stay there because you can see it. It, it's intriguing to you. Your eyes thinks, wow, this is wonderful. And so we stay right there in the kingdoms of the world. The second kingdom is the kingdom of Satan. Matthew 12, verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Satan has a kingdom. Two amens. You got nervous, huh? Yeah, I know. Satan's got a kingdom. Let me tell you how that kingdom works. Clearly, this scripture tells us that Satan has a kingdom. Satan claimed to have controls over the kingdoms of the world, and obviously he has control over his kingdom. His kingdom, Satan's kingdom, is not visible and tangible as the kingdoms of the world. Watch this. His kingdom is made up of deception and lies and can only be manifested through the manipulation of the ungodly. So the real kingdom of Satan is really not a kingdom, but what he does is he manipulates, he lies and deceives the people who are ungodly to do what he wants them to do so they manifest his kingdom. So when people are lying and they are killing and they are stealing and they are cheating, they are under the control of the kingdom leader of that kingdom who is Satan. He gives instructions to his demons, but they don't have no power either. And so the only way the devil will manifest what he thinks he has as power is how he gets people to carry out his deeds. That's how the kingdom of the devil is manifested, how he gets people to believe and carry out his instructions. You don't believe those things happen? There is no way 
I never forgot when I first started teaching in the prison. There's no way you would think that some of the things that people have done, you would think that, wow, people did that. I knew right away once I hit the prisons, man, people didn't do that. They did it physically, but they were so controlled by the devil. They were so in the kingdom of the devil. How in the world? I remember maybe this kid had to be anywhere between 18 and 22 years old. They brought him to me one day in the prison, said, we need to pray for him. Because he, had, he, he was on trial. He was going to trial. I said, what's up? What you want me to pray for? They said he got four homicides that he's going on trial for. Four. He couldn't be no more than 22. You think the devil ain't real? What 22 or 21 or 20 or 18-year-old will kill four people? Because he was under the influence of the kingdom of the devil. You may not be under the, the influence of the devil if his kingdom, but somebody is. Because the Bible says the devil do have a kingdom. So somebody is in the kingdom of the devil. I saw with my own eyes working and serving God and ministering in the prison because people were doing things that you wonder. And here is what it comes down to. The devil deceives you. He woos you into his kingdom. He, he, he manipulates you into his kingdom. And before you know it, you're, you're doing things that you're starting to say, well, it's just the way it is. As it is what it is. I remember when, I brought the, when they brought the young boy to me, he couldn't even talk. Somebody had to talk for him. Because, because when I used to see those young men in the jail, the biggest thing I noticed right away is when I started talking to them. When I saw their faces, I realized when they committed that crime, that was a different person that committed that crime than the one I'm talking to right now. I saw that for myself. Their face was different. The way how they talk, their mannerism, you saw the regret. But they didn't have no regret when they was doing it. Because they were either high or running with somebody that's influencing them. So they did it then. But when they got into the jail and they were staring at 20 and 30 and life, they came to their senses. And they were like, man, that's the real people I was talking to that realized that they were influenced. That they, they have made a, 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 a bad, they have made a bad decision and have done some wrong things. The kingdom of the devil do exist. Not because you're not in it, it doesn't exist, but it does exist. And some of us who are not in the kingdom of Satan, we are in the kingdoms of the world. We know that exists. But then there is the kingdom of God. In John chapter 3, verse number 5, the Bible says, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So clearly, God has a kingdom. We read earlier, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And now he's telling us, in order to be a part of his kingdom, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Here, we have the kingdom of God. To enter in and be a part of the kingdom of God, we must be born again of water and of spirit. There is no other way to enter into the kingdom of God. Here's the good news. 
If you would like to enter into the kingdom of God today, you can. This is how, you know, we like to say God is good. One of the things that's great about God that we say is good is this. He will always give us an opportunity to get right. No matter how bad you have been, no matter how bad the things that you have done, God will always give you an opportunity to make it right. It's just up to you. And nobody have control over that but you. So whatever you are doing wrong, whatever ways that you have gone wrong, God has always said, but you can make it right with me. You don't have to stay in any situation that have you bound. You don't have to stay in any situation that your behavior is unseemly and you don't want to stay there. You don't have to stay there. I don't care what your mind is telling you. I don't care what voices are talking to you. I don't care what you're hearing from other people. I don't care what you are experiencing. You don't have to stay in any situation where you feel bound or trapped or you can't be delivered or you can't move forward. You don't have to stay in it. God is saying to us, we can be born again and become a part of his kingdom. It's interesting how the word of God chose born again to enter into God's kingdom. Because no matter how we think we were born, God is saying, don't worry about that. I'm not worried how you were born. I'm not worried about how you were abused. I'm not worried about who took advantage of you. I'm not worried about how people did you wrong. I'm not worried about any of those things because when you are born again and you enter into my kingdom, I will handle all of what you have gone through. I will work in your life in such a way that all those things that you have gone through, they will become a strength in your life instead of a weakness and a hindrance. God is not worried about what you've been through. You might be worried about it, but God has sent me here to tell you this afternoon uh, that if you will trust him uh, and surrender to him uh, and obey him, uh, God will bring you through uh, and help you to overcome all that you've dealt with, all that you've gone through. And all of those hurts and all of those pains and all of how people have done you wrong, it will become a strength in your life as opposed to a weakness because now God will use you in such a mighty way to help other people see their way through, to help other people cope with what they're going through. That's how powerful God is. But you can't stay where you are. You have to decide it. God don't make us decide anything. God says, I gave you the power of choice from the garden. The reason why we have crime today is not because of God. Well, if you want to go ahead and say that um, in, in some crazy way, yes, he created us. If he didn't create us, we wouldn't be here to make a mess. But then the other thing he did was he gave us choice. He says, you choose to live for me or do whatever you want. And many of us have chose to do whatever we want. And if you live long enough, you will realize what am I what I am doing is not working out. You live long enough, when you were early in your age, you, you won't admit to that. You know, you're still in your teens or your early 20s, you're probably still not admitting to, you, you're not, what you have been doing is not working out. But you start hitting 40, you start hitting 45, and you're still living the way you've always lived, you will realize and say, this is not really working the way I wanted it to work. 
And sooner or later, you're going to want some answers. How do I change this? Because it's not working the way I would like for it to work. And that's why God says, you need to be born again. I'm going to start you fresh. I'm going to start you brand new. I'm going to deliver you from your hurt. I'm going to deliver you from your pain. I'm going to deliver you from your past. And whatever I don't deliver you from is because I want to use it in a glorious way to help somebody else. It's because I want to use it that somebody else can live because you're living. Whatever God don't deliver you from is because he wants to use it. So don't think God going to deliver you from every single thing. But he will give you peace. He will give you peace in that situation. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Jesus' kingdom is not like the kingdoms of this world or the kingdom of Satan. These kingdoms of the world and Satan's are governed by carnality, unrighteousness, lies, deception, fighting, lust. These kingdoms will not last. They will come to an end because the rulers of these kingdoms, guess what? They're not sovereign. They're not all powerful. And they're not all sustainable as the power of God. God sustains himself. He doesn't need anybody to sustain him. God is all powerful and no other power exists but the power of God. God is sovereign. He has everything under control. He is the one that gives life. And everything that exists, exists because of him. And because of that, he can never end. He cannot cease to exist. But everything else will cease. At some point in time, man will cease to exist upon this earth. At some point in time, the devil will cease to exist because he will be chained up in the lake of fire. Everything will cease at some point. Only God and those who are his will continue to reign. So you think about that for a second. This is why we better get into the kingdom of God. Because all we're doing is spinning our wheels if we're in any other kingdom. Spinning our wheels. Having false hope. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be up on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, uh, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah was prophesying uh, that Almighty God will become a man, and his name is Jesus, uh, and his kingdom will last forever, and that he will be wonderful, and that he will be Counselor, and that he will be Mighty God, uh, and that he will be Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Uh, When you get into the kingdom of God, uh, you will experience the wonders of God. You will get God's counseling. You will see the mighty works of God in your life. And he will be a father to you. And he will give you peace. Of the increase of his government and peace shall there be no end. Tell me what else can say that or who else can say that? Who else you know or what else you know can say there will be no end to this? Almighty God is the only one that can say that because he created everything. He sustains everything. Everything exists because of him. He always existed. There was never, ever a time where God did not exist. 
He sustains everything. He upholds everything. And that's why his kingdom can never come to an end. Because he is non-ending. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He doesn't have any end. He's the first and the last. The one which is, which was, which is to come. He cannot end because he cannot be one to cease to exist. (laughs) Every human being is in one of these three kingdoms. The kingdoms of the world, the kingdom of the devil, or the kingdom of God. How about you think about that for a second and ask yourself what kingdom that you're in. And before you get ahead of yourself, can I tell you this? Coming to church don't get us into the kingdom of God. Believing in God don't get us into the kingdom of God. Listening to the preaching of the word of God, praying to God, don't get us in the kingdom of God of God. Listening to gospel music don't get us in the kingdom of God. Being in the presence of God where you feel the power moving does not get us in the kingdom of God. The only thing that gets us in the kingdom of God is when we repent of our sins and we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and we're filled with his spirit. That's what gets us in the kingdom of God. And when we get in the kingdom, now we enter into a realm where we will not be ending either because we are reigning with him. There's no other way that gets us in the kingdom. I know sometimes we feel like, well, I'm doing my best. Listen, don't make that statement anymore. I'm doing my best. God didn't call. This, this is, every, all of us have a different best. What's your best is not my best. What's your best is not his best. So every one of us can be doing our best. So God didn't call us to do our best because that will look so different because everybody will be doing a different thing, which is their best. God calls us to obey his word. Everybody can obey the word of God. Forget about your best. God didn't call you to do your best. God called you to obey him. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He didn't call you to do your best. He didn't call you to do the best you can. No, he called you to obey his word. That's why God called you to the kingdom. Not to do your best. So when you start saying in your mind or even out loud, sometimes you catch yourself, I'm doing my best. Tell yourself, don't say that anymore. That's God. That's unacceptable to God because God tells you what to do. And he didn't tell you to do something impossible. Whatever God is commanding you to do, commanding me to do, it's not impossible. It's something we can do. And so we need to do it, not do our best. You will know you are in one of these kingdoms by who you follow and obey. By the principles you apply in your life and by the culture you demonstrate in your daily living. That's how you can tell what kingdom you're in. So now let's go back. The kingdoms of this world, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this world is governed by man. Whatever man says, that's what we fall in line and do. The kingdom of Satan is however Satan wants to rule and how he wants to govern. And then we find ourselves doing what he wants us to do. The kingdom of God is the same. The difference is God loves you. The world don't love you and Satan don't love you. (laughs) The world don't love you and Satan don't love you. But God loves you. 
So which kingdom do you want to be in? The kingdom where nobody loves you, but they want to get something out of you? Or the kingdom of God that says, I love you, and I love you unconditionally, not because of what you can do, but because I love you. So many people in our world today say they love us, but it's only on the conditions of what we can do. The moment we can't do what they want us to do, they don't love us no more. That's the world kingdom. Uh-huh. That's the kingdoms of the world. I love you for as long as you can do for me. As soon as, as, soon as you can, ah, get out of here. They start turning it back on you all of a sudden. You know, you don't hear from them as much and all of this stuff. And they, 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 their face always turning up every time they see you. Because guess what? You can't do nothing for them no more. But as long as you can do something for them, every time they see they smile, hey, girl, or what's up, man? As long as you can do something. They cool. They want to see you all the time. But as soon as you cannot do anything else, they kick you to the curb. God don't do us like that. So what kingdom do you want to belong to still? But you can't play around with the kingdom. You can't say, well, I'm a child of God. I know God created you. So if that's what you're saying, yes, you are. Yes, you are. God created you. That makes you a child of God. But in order to enter into the kingdom and be in the kingdom, you must be born again. There's no other way. I know we like to look for alternatives. Ain't no other alternative. You must be born again. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20, the word of God says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So here we go again. He said, in layman's terms, he said, My kingdom is not going to be a kingdom that you can look at and say, Wow, wow, look at that. Look at how high the kingdom is. He says, That's not my kingdom. Remember, he had already told us, His kingdom is not of this world. So you can't be looking for nice, structured buildings, temples, and all of that stuff. You say, that's not my kingdom. You go over to the Middle East now, and people are building, you know, structures to say, you know, hey, they're preparing for the Lord and all this stuff. He says, don't look there, because my kingdom don't come with observation. You're not looking for something that you can see. (laughs) What did he say? He says, neither shall they say, look here or look there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So when you're born again of the water and of the spirit, now God's kingdom is within you. How does that work, preacher? What that means is Jesus, what he's saying is he rules in your life. You have given him the controls in your life. The kingdom of God is the reign of God in your life. It means he's governing your life. The kingdom of God is not a geographical area such as the Holy Land or the temple. It is not a political entity such as the nation of Israel or the Sanhedrin. It is not even a group of people such as his disciple or the church. Rather, the kingdom of God is God's ruling and reigning in your life. And my life. I like how God make that personal. He is saying. Will you give me the rulership. In your life. Don't worry about your neighbor's life. Don't worry about what they're doing. I'm asking you. Will you give me the rule in your life. Because when you give me the rule in your life. 
Now the kingdom has come to you. So you must be born again. So when you start out, so, so here is something you got to think about. If you're not born again of the water and of the spirit, you haven't given him any, any, any rule in your life. Because he says you must be born. Go read it. Red letters. He says you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. So if you're not born again, it meant you said, no, nah, I'm good. So you can't be in the kingdom if you're not born again. When you're born again, it doesn't stop there, though. You can't be born again and still do whatever you want and run your own life. When you're born again, then you got to say, God, you have the rule in my life. You lead me. You got me. Now, before you get a little uncomfortable with that, let me say this. If you're in the kingdom of the world, every day your life that you're living is being influenced by the world. If you're in the kingdom of Satan, every day you live, Satan is influencing your actions. So at the end of the day, as we like to say, you really don't have no control of your life. Either the world is controlling it, the devil is controlling it, or God is controlling it. Ooh, I'll take my time on that because that, that, that's a tough one. That's a big pill to swallow. But I need to bring that to your attention because... What we continue to feel like, a lot of times people don't want to live for God because we think God put too many demands on us. I can't dress this way no more. I can't live this way no more. I can't live for God, man. Okay. But whatever life you're living, you're living for the world or you're living for the devil, but you're never living for yourself. Ooh, I like that. I don't feel like moving off of that. I don't feel like moving off that because that's exactly what's going on, but we're not aware. We're just existing and it's going with the flow and not realizing what's going on in the invisible realm. You want me to move on? When you follow and obey Jesus, when you apply his teachings and principles to your life and you take on and demonstrate the culture of his kingdom, there will be no end in the life that you live in his kingdom. The kingdom culture is very important part of the kingdom life we are born into. If you're born again, you're born into the kingdom of God. Now you must exhibit kingdom culture you can't just say i'm a christian and we can't tell you're a christian as people of the kingdom we cannot choose what the lord jesus rule over and what he cannot rule over what it means is when you become a christian you can't tell god what he can rule over or what you will do and what you won't do as a matter of fact there's a lot of frustrating christians I don't know if I can call you a Christian when you're frustrated like that, because here's where your frustration come from. Some days you follow God and live for him, but other days you do what you want to do. God don't put up with that. So when you start to live like that, God back away from you and say, do your do your thing. Do you, as we like to say, when you do what you want, sometimes and other times you let God rule over you. God just back away and say, do you. But in your mind, you told yourself, well, God is on my side. Is he? Is he on your side? Because the bottom line is you only give him permission to be in your life and rule over your life on some things. But other things, you just say, nah, 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 I'm good. 
When you do that, God back away and you're going to tell yourself, but God is with me and God is doing this for me. Okay. Okay. If you had any, if you, if you have any children, you know what I'm talking about. When your children start to grow up, not when they're babies. I became a grandfather while I was away. <laughs> All kind of stuff happening in this world, man. <laughs> little Jackson will be in the house of the Lord one of these days. We'll see little Jackson. My, my son, Ethan and Shauna. My daughter, Shauna. Shauna, you're my daughter. Don't, I, I told him when they got married, I said, don't you let Ethan make you feel like, because he knew me longer, that he got better access. I had to tell her that. I said, you have just as the same access to me, and you can come to me about whatever you want as he does. Don't make him fool you and thinking that um, since he knew me longer, he can come to me, but you got to wait. I said, no, no, no. It don't work that way, Shauna. And she smiled. But they're my kids now, and they brought the grandkids in the world, so I'm just happy about that. But as your kids get older and they get into the teenage years, Sister Heidi, I can talk to Sister Heidi because she experienced this already. What happens is sometimes they follow some of your rules, but others they don't follow. You want me to give you one of the ones um, that they don't like to follow? Curfew. Some of you all was in that kind of predicament. So you get curfew time when you need to come in. So, you know, you wash the dishes, you take out the garbage, you clean up your room. Good. But you're not make, meeting curfew. And sooner or later, you come to the door when you don't meet curfew after a certain amount of time, and the door is locked and the door ain't getting open. Some of us experienced that. I know I did. So if that's how our parents did us, what, what should God do? God's just going to let you do whatever you want, and he's still on your side. He loves you. That will always be, but you can't just do whatever you want. You can't just do whatever you want. you got to give God access to all of your life and let him rule over all of your life, not some of your life. As a matter of fact, I will go ahead and tell you this. If you only letting God rule over some of your life as a Christian, it's called being divided within yourself. And when you're divided within yourself, you are not able to stand. That's what the Bible says. That any kingdom divided within itself will fall. It will not stand. So if some of you are living for God and some of you are not, that's going to one day weaken you so much that you're going to just give up on living for God. You have to give God everything. You've got to turn your whole life over to him. The people of the kingdom of this world are proud of their culture, and it's evident because it's always on display in their daily living. Are the children of God, born-again believers of the warden of the Spirit, demonstrating their kingdom culture gracefully? Or we're always, well, all of that ain't necessary. While the world just bodacious. This is, uh, I remember... I'd always um, wake up over there, Sister um, Phillips. I know you're not sleeping, but I'm just messing with you. Sister Phillips, you remember we used to go to reggae parties. Janice and them don't know this. I don't know if they're still doing this. But me and you know. Take my glasses off. Me and you know. Because you used to have to, you used to have to, she, see, I was, I was able to leave the house. She had to sneak out of her house. This is how much her and I go back. So she had to sneak out of her house to go to the sessions, right? But I'm there. 
Sister Phillips, tell the truth. Some, even some of the people I was messing with, did they show up in a session with panties and bras? And sometimes put on some see-through to cover that up, but they in a session doing Panties and bra was just covered with just this, this see-through cover. Am I lying? I'm asking you a question. Am I lying? That's how the world operates. And the church is afraid to be the church. I'm, I'm, this is why I got to be the way that I am, Shanice, because the bottom line is I've lived that life and I've watched out people just living their life and be in the world and they don't care what nobody thinks. And we as Christians are supposed to be born again of the water and of the spirit and living a kingdom culture and demonstrating righteousness and holiness. And we're afraid to show who we are. Are we kidding ourselves? So y'all know this preacher always going to be this way because I've lived the life on the other side and I was faithful to that life. And I'm not going to make myself more faithful to that life than I am this life because that life was not going to be profiting me anything but hell. And this life is going to profit me eternal life. I'm going to live this life to the fullest of what God wants me to do because God has called me to the kingdom and he's the one that promised me eternal life world didn't promise me none of that i'm closing up sister phillips can't hear me no more because i didn't made her mind go to the people she know the people i'm talking about that show up in the panties and bra and got on this see-through stuff that you know i don't know what that was doing and they in the and they in the dance hall winding up don't care about nothing and i'm supposed to be worrying about how i look as a christian how i you know conduct myself my mannerism how i speak talking tongues and i'm supposed to worry about oh they, you talking tongues sure i talk in tongues man are you kidding me i'm gonna demonstrate the culture of the kingdom to the fullest of my not even my ability because i got the holy ghost and the holy ghost is going to help me beyond my ability but i'm going to demonstrate the kingdom of god in every way in speech in deeds and in the way my cultural ways are according to the kingdom and I'm not backing down from nobody. I'm not apologizing to nobody for how I look, how I talk, and what I do as a Christian. I'm going to live this thing. And I'm encouraging you today to live this thing. We can't back down from this. The world ain't backing down from how they are. Satan's kingdom is not backing down from the way he is. Why should the people of God back down from who we are? I'm getting here. I'm almost done. Check this out. The people who live in... Chinatown, San Francisco, are residents and citizens there. But everything about them, their language, their dress, their food, their customs, show that their origin is from another place. Walk into Chinatown, San Francisco, and suddenly you find a you can't find a hot dog anywhere. Huh. Nobody speaks English. These things are foreign. To their, to, these things are foreign to their culture, hot dog and English. Chinatown is not an official town, but a community created by a group of people who share a common and distinct culture. It is not necessary to travel halfway around the world to learn what, it, what life is like in China. All you have to do is visit Chinatown and you will see China because it's a garden of the Chinese homeland that has bloomed in the West. 
In the same way, people should be able to walk into our presence as Christians or our homes or our churches and feel the presence, the, the, the power of God and realize that, man, those people, that home that I was in, that church that I was in, it's not like any place I've ever been. They should be able to tell immediately our language, our dress, our mannerisms, our attitude and behavior that we are not of this world. Our culture should stand out so clearly that no one should mistake who we are as children of God. And here we are worrying about how we're supposed to dress and how we're supposed to look and how we're supposed to speak and the things that we're supposed to do and our mannerisms. Are you kidding me? The people in Chinatown don't worry about that. I told them I was on this, on a cruise a few days ago and it was about 78 different nationalities on that cruise. And everybody wore their nationality no matter where they are. And they speak their language no matter where they are. And they're not worried about who don't understand them. They're speaking their language because that's who they are. They're not trying to dumb down their culture. They're living it to the fullest. Why aren't Christians living their culture to the fullest? Life with Jesus was always this way, which is why he attracted so much attention. Some of us like attention. You want attention? Be a true Christian. You want attention? Be a true Christian. Not that you will make it come to you. It would just happen. Jesus attracted people wherever he went. People either loved him or hated him. Accepted him or rejected him, but no one ignored him. People ignore the church because we're not being the church in every way. Because if we're being the church in every way, oh, people can't ignore us. They're going to come up to us. Hey, I need to talk to you. Where are you from? What do you do? Throngs of people surrounded Jesus because he showed them the power, quality, nature, and irresistible appeal of the culture that could make them victors in life rather than victims. And then he told them how to get into the kingdom. Jesus showed up and he embodied everything about his kingdom. Everything. He embodied the teachings of his kingdom. He embodied the power of his kingdom. He embodied the nature of his kingdom. And that's what he's expecting for us, his children, to do as well. Culture is an extremely powerful thing. Its roots grow deep and its influence reaches far. This is why a group of people bound together by culture can live for generations in a country not their own and still maintain their distinct identity. I'm telling you this to let you know as Christians we can live in America and still have our distinct identity as children of God and be in a world that's surrounded by worldliness and by Satanists and everything but we can still be who we are because people have showed us that in the natural where Chinese have moved into China, in, 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 into uh, San Francisco and, and establish a place where they have brought their culture and lived their way, but they were in a different land. Christians can be in this land and still be who they're supposed to be. Cultures, our culture en- encompasses the totality of lifestyle, dress, food, drink, customs, manners, etiquette, protocol. 
attitudes toward children and attitudes toward elderly, ethical and moral values, social norms, and both public and private behavior. Culture drives those behaviors. Our culture as born-again Christians of God, citizens of the kingdom, should be just as distinct and obvious as the San Francisco's Chinatown community. I said this morning, we got to stop allowing ourselves to be hypocrites. What do you mean by that, preacher? Just what I'm talking about. That when I was in the world, I lived a certain way and I embraced all of that stuff. And now I get in the church and I'm struggling with embracing everything about the church. I can't do that. If I do that, I'm being a hypocrite. I was all in when I was living in the world. All in. I tell you, and I'll tell you, y'all ain't got nothing on me. No matter what y'all do from now till Jesus come. Can't touch me. I was a world leader. World leader. The stuff that I did, some people never even see, scratch the surface of it. So I know what I gave to the world. Ain't no way I'm giving any less to Jesus. This is kind of why, y'all forgive me, and, and I didn't even apologize for the heat. I apologize, don't have control, but I hope y'all got some water and feel a little bit better. But when I come in here, I don't care what degrees it is. I got a different mindset. I, I am in just this kind of, this this position of, Bring it on. Ain't, I ain't let nothing move me from serving God because I didn't let nothing move me when I was living for the devil and the world. Nothing moved me. And so how am I going to let anything move me? Man, you know how many times we've, we've played soccer in hot sun? 90 minutes running around hot sun. I can go on and on and on about how I live my life in the world. And now I'm supposed to come to church and say, well, you know, it was a little hot in the church today. I can't do it. You, it's okay if you do it. I'm not mad at you for doing it. But I can't do it because I know the life that I live. I live the life in the world. And I did everything in the world. And so I'm not going to come to church now and, and, and say, ah, you know, it needs to be a little bit better. Luke chapter 9, verse number 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The kingdom of God, not only do we demonstrate it in obedience, not only do we demonstrate it in the deeds and our culture, but we're supposed to demonstrate the kingdom in power. The world don't have no power and the devil don't have no power. All power is of God. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just keep on going. All power is of God. Everything else is camouflage power. It's not real power. And so when you are born again and you're into the kingdom of God, you will, you will, God will allow you to share in his power. The kingdoms of the world can't promise you that, and the kingdom of Satan can't promise you that. The kingdom of God is both internal and external. It's God's rule and reign in our lives, and it's also God's power working through us as his conduit. We need to exemplify the kingdom of God by obedience, submission, by power and demonstration, and by culture at all times. The kingdom of God 
It is only God's kingdom that is filled with power. No other kingdom has power. It is God reigns forever. It is the only kingdom that is all powerful. Its culture is distinct and unique. Get into the kingdom of God. Stay in the kingdom of God. Demonstrate the kingdom of God in deed, in culture, and in power. Because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. Let's stand. If you've never entered into the kingdom of God, you can do so today. If you're here today and you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you can do it. You can make a decision to repent of your sins, to get baptized in Jesus' name, and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you this? Let me say this. If you don't want to come forward today for whatever reason, please come see me to the side and talk to me. Whatever God have you preach specific message is because he wants people to hear something because of what's ahead. God always forewarns people, is he? He just don't tell you stuff afterwards. He tells you stuff ahead of time. And God is having me minister to you today about what I'm ministering to you, the kingdom culture, how to get into it, telling you about all the other kingdoms because something is getting ready to happen. Something is getting ready to happen. And God wants to secure you. He wants to make you safe. Because the only way you're going to be safe is if you're in the kingdom of God. Whatever it is that's getting ready to happen, God can keep you safe if you're in his kingdom. But if you decide to just keep going the way you're going and you're not in the kingdom, you're going to find yourself in big trouble being in the kingdoms of the world and in the kingdom of Satan. Don't let this message not have an impact, not cause you to make a decision. If you're not in the kingdom, get in the kingdom. If you are in the kingdom, God wants you to step your game up. Stop being afraid to say who you are, to, to, to look the part, to speak the part, to do the part. It's time that we lay down all of our idiocracies and all this silliness about being Oh, you know, we try to fit in. What are we trying to fit into? I'm not trying to fit into anything. I want to be in the kingdom, stay in the kingdom, and live in the kingdom. I'm not trying to fit in, in into anything. What are you trying to fit into? Because you don't have to try to fit into God's kingdom. You just come and be in God's kingdom and God will work in your life. And you just have to obey and give him access and control over everything in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for helping us, speaking to our hearts, speaking to our minds. Somebody, Lord God, that's listening via online, you have spoken to their heart. Now, Lord God, will you move on them to make a decision to surrender their life completely? Somebody that's, that's a part of this service online today, you can reach out to us. 
We can set up a time where you can repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name. God will fill you with his spirit, and you can step into and enter into the kingdom of God. God is preparing you and me for things that are coming up. He wants us to be in the right position, in the right place, and be equipped and ready to handle whatever may come our way. Church, hear me. Whether you're here in person or whether you're online, let God have his way in your life. Do what God is asking and commanding you to do because we don't know what tomorrow may bring. We only know what today could bring. What we can do right now, that's all we know. And if we will do what God says, our life will not be the same. God's hand will be upon us and God's protection will be all over us. Somebody hear me today and take the word of God and apply it and obey it. Mix it with faith today that it will not escape you. Let God have his way. Father, in the name of Jesus, will you help us today, Lord God, that the word do not escape us, that the word will not, Lord God, fall on deaf ears, but change will come into our heart, and we will respond in obedience and faith in the word of God. Help us today, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, change will come from the inside out, Lord God, that deliverance will come right now if there's anybody here today that needs to be prayed for. Won't you come today if you want me to pray for you? If you want God to do something in your life, if you come, I'll pray. God wants to help you. God wants to touch you. God wants to speak a little bit more to you. He has given you his word. Father, have your way in this house, in the hearts and minds of your people. Lift your hands with me. In the name of Jesus, Father, for every uplifted hand, Help them today, Lord God, to receive and respond in obedience to your word. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will constrain them in righteousness. And that, Lord, you will move them into a dimension in faith, into a place where they can truly obey the word of God and become a doer of God. Lord, move upon them that all in this place today will enter into the kingdom if they have not entered in. That they will obey the instructions of God and enter into the kingdom of God. And for those of us, Lord God, that are struggling being in the kingdom, help us to be strong and not be divided within ourselves but to take the word of God and apply it and live it out, Lord God, as the children of God, embracing all that the kingdom has to offer. Lord, bless us today as we go from this place. Let your spirit guide and lead us. Let your will be done in our lives, almighty God. As we give you the praise and the honor, Lord, there is none like you. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name, oh great God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, give the Lord some praise today. Come on, ask the Lord to touch your life, to touch your heart, to help you today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bless your people today that they will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We still have beef patties and chicken patties on sale, and we have something to drink for you on sale. Go and enjoy this for our building fund. God bless you. In Jesus' name.